Folks, the Jets are teasing us, telling us that Cole Perfetti and Vili Heinola are going to be fighting for bigger roles on this team going forward, especially under new head coach Rick Bonus. They tweeted it out from their official social media account, so it made me think of a question. What Jets might actually thrive under our new coaching staff? Who might be due for the biggest improvement, and which players might be taking a bit of a step back under a style that maybe doesn't quite match who they historically are? We'll talk about this coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. For Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, just really love and appreciate your support. Now, kind of dialing into um, uh, what I suggested at the off about this this new change to the, to the Jets coaching staff and what it might mean for Winnipeg's players. Um, obviously, I, I think that there are quite a few players who might genuinely benefit from bonus and some guys who might be taking maybe either an adjustment period or just a, like a plain step back. Uh, so let's talk about guys who I think stand to benefit the most from Bonus's arrival. Now, the first guys I think really fit this this whole profile are going to be the younger players, right? I think for me, especially talented young rookies, Heinola, um, Perfetti, and then some of the other guys like Dylan Sandberg, maybe Christian Reichel, uh, and, and some of the younger veterans, maybe like Mason Appleton might also benefit. Uh, the biggest reason being you know, with, with Bonus coming in and what he did with the Dallas Stars previously, it was let the kids kind of play to their strengths. Now, I'm not going to say um, that everything that Bonus did was to just sort of let them play without much instruction. He still had a very guiding hand in getting them um, to play a systems, to play kind of more responsible hockey and to get them acclimated to the NHL level. But by the same token, especially with a guy like Heiskanen, uh, and a forward like, you know, Robe Hintz, it wasn't to the point where he wanted to take away from what made these players special. You notice with Heiskanen and, and Heinz, they were still allowed to express themselves on the ice using their particular natural talents. And I think that that is something that previously the Jets really struggled with. Um, Maurice was always very, I would say, conservative with a lot of the kids. He was afraid that they were going to make mistakes that would cost the team. But you know, with the Jets kind of being the way that they are, oftentimes the veterans were making just as many mistakes, but weren't really getting punished for it, right? So I, I think with Bonus, he understands that there is a bit of a learning curve. There are going to be errors on the ice, but he doesn't want to stop that from being um, something that, you know, discourages them from from playing to who they are. And I think that that would be really beneficial, especially for a guy like, a guy like Heinola, and a player like Perfetti. I think both of these players uh, have really unique talents that the Jets sort of lack. Heinel in particular has 
incredibly good back end mobility and puck carrying ability, which, you know, the Jets defense doesn't really have in spades. And because of his offensive acumen, I think that that would also really uh, benefit Winnipeg, both at even strength and potentially on the power play if he finally, you know, puts uh, Heinle on that back end as a quarterback option. Now, I think with Perfetti, um, I would imagine that he's probably not really fighting for much of a spot. I think for the most part, he's got a locked top six role. I just think, you know, with, with how the team is um, and bonus kind of coming in, wanting to set a new tone, send a message. I'm sure that there is internal competition for ice time, but I think we, we can kind of pencil in Perfetti somewhere on the first or second line. Heinola, I do think we'll have to earn a bit of a role just because there's more of a log jam on the left side of the defense, which honestly I'm surprised hasn't really been addressed yet. I would think somebody would have gotten shipped out by now, but for some reason the Jets are content to roll with this many blue liners as they have right now, which uh, kind of is what it is. I do wonder where Logan Stanley fits into the equation because, you know, ideally he's your seventh defender. I think if you put him in that role and occasionally bring him in, maybe you need to rest somebody or somebody gets injured. I think that's fine. You know, Stanley's cheap. He's familiar with the team. He's got a comfort level that I think makes a lot of sense uh, for Winnipeg to keep around. Um, and look, you're not really expecting a ton from him, but he is familiar with the team. He understands a tactical approach. And, you know, sometimes he can do some pretty useful stuff here and there. In general, though, I mean, you kind of want to keep his his ice time limited, right? I think Stanley is is best rotated in and maybe not made a focal point of your blue line. But, you know, either way, I, I, I don't mind him hanging around. I think it'd be nice if one of the Jets' prospects, uh, you know, some of these guys can provide more depth support roles and sort of filter in instead of Winnipeg just signing some random guys who, you know, maybe take some ice time from some of the kids and don't really offer anything more than that. So, yeah, I think the youth stand to really gain from this. And, you know, maybe guys like Appleton who are kind of in this middle, like middle six role, but maybe haven't had a chance to uh, necessarily shine because their skill sets didn't align to what, you know, previous coaching staffs used. I think Appleton might be one of those players to really benefit. Uh, you know, he's shown flashes of being a really fun offensive creator. And while he doesn't quite have the same playmaking and transition ability of somebody like Andrew Cobb, I still think he has enough in his physical or in his, like, a, uh, like his, his tool set to kind of make use of some pretty decent skills. He's got a nice shot. He's got pretty decent passing. He can skate well enough. And so, uh, in a system where bonus might be looking for kind of defensively responsible two-way players that can also chip in here and there offensively on rapid counters, Appleton might be a, a pretty nice fit. So we'll see how he pans out. I'm hoping the same is for Reichel. You know, both of these guys have a somewhat um, similar game. I wouldn't say they're really uh, the same player at all. But, you know, in terms of like tool sets and traits that might align to what bonus wants, I think these guys can bring enough and I think that they should have uh, more prominent roles this year, but we'll see how they do. Um, but of course, you know, the young kids and the younger players aren't the only ones who might benefit. We'll also take a look at some of the veterans who might stand to gain from this the most. Uh, some of them, not necessarily skaters in the traditional sense, maybe a goalie or two might benefit here. And we'll talk about why in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out one of our friends and partners. Our partner that I'm about to talk about has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I was looking for a boost to my immune system and something to kind of get me going every day. 
I know a lot of you are probably like, well, what is Athletic Greens? What do they offer? And why is AG1 from Athletic Greens special? Well, you know, out there, you're probably taking a lot of multivitamins. You're trying all sorts of protein shakes and things. Everyone has some different sort of health beverage that they're trying to get into. And I can I can understand why, obviously, especially with COVID going around, lots of viruses and stuff. It's, it's a bit of a rough time. So arming yourself with something really healthy and nutritious that gives you exactly what you need every day is a really big deal. And that's why I think with one delicious scoop of AG1, you get all of the stuff, right? You're getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health. It helps your nervous system, your immune system. It gives you energy. It can help you recover and focus during your long work days. Whatever it is that you really need from AG1, they've got something in this mixture just for you. And, you know, most of all, it's it's really healthy for every single lifestyle, whether you're looking for something that's keto, paleo-friendly, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. They want to make sure that AG1 is for everyone. And it's also really, really cheap, comparatively speaking, right? You know, for just a couple of bucks a day, around $3, you'll arm yourself with something that's Quite honestly, even better than your daily cold brew habit. And those cold brews get real expensive if you know what I'm talking about. It's an you know a one all-in-one nutritional investment. It's very low priced and it's got over 7,000 five-star reviews. So if you're ready to make the jump and give it a shot, uh, we have a special offer. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Tonight's episode, of course, we are talking about what players might stand to benefit the most and which players might be taking a bit of a step back uh, under new head coach Rick Bonus and some of the new assistant coaches. Now, talking about some of the rookies and some of the young players, I sort of wanted to focus a little bit more on veterans now, guys who might honestly benefit from a change in the systems. This is sort of assuming that all of these guys are going to be sticking around, which uh, honestly, I don't know what that's going to look like heading over the, you know, heading into the season over the next few weeks. Maybe there are some trades on the horizon. Don't know. Don't want to jinx it prematurely, but there may be a player or two who won't be with Winnipeg at the start of the season. Now, assuming everyone does stay, one guy that I think could actually really benefit from a bonus system is Brendan Dillon. Dylan, I think, I don't know if Dylan actually played under uh, Bonus at any point recently, um, but either way, I think Bonus's approach to being more defensively minded, uh, defensively responsible, and maybe uh, locking down space and clogging up, you know, passing and shooting lanes and skating lanes, I think really suits to what Dylan's style is. He's a physical big body who likes to, um, you know, pinch aggressively. He'll look to cover spaces effectively with his frame and stick reach. And look, you're not really getting a ton of offensive production out of him, right? So in that respect, you're not really worried about that. What you do want with him is that defensive support and intelligent presence to sort of block those shot lanes uh, and to really make life hell for opposing, you know, forwards and skaters who are trying to get, you know, shooting and passing lanes on towards Hellebuck, especially in the slot area and in those face-off circles, which 
Dylan can kind of sweep those spaces effectively. And I think especially under bonus who wants to clog those areas and not give an inch. I think for me, Dylan stands to gain a lot there. Likewise, I think Adam Adam Lowry might really benefit from this. Lowry over the past couple of years um, has been a little bit up or down. And I, I think for the Jets in general, the trend has been downwards. But we've seen when he got caught for Team Canada, you know, you saw a totally different player from him. And I think Lowry's offensive value uh, is still there. You know, he's got a big frame. And while his finishing might not be ideal, I still think that his wrecking ball nature and his ability to just sort of bulldoze the slot still makes him dangerous enough to where under bonus, I think that that fast counter, fast transi- transition stuff might allow him to um, take advantage of, of some skilled wings and sort of wrecking ball his way to some points. Defensively, though, I think that's where we're going to see some really nice stuff. You know, I think working with the defenders um, and with the forwards in a really unified system, one that hopefully gets rid of that man zone hybrid the Jets used to use uh, under the old staff, I think would really help Lowry out. Uh, Adam, you know, he's still got some pretty good qualities in this game that I think would fit the way Bonus likes to, uh, again, clog up space while also not necessarily shutting down your offensive offensive transition game. Um, I think Adam can still do a job at both ends of the ice. And so for me, I, I kind of see Adam maybe being uh, a really key cog here. I don't know that I want him to get a, a lot more ice time necessarily because I still think guys like David Gustafson and some of the other more offensively inclined players you want on the ice doing stuff. But in a fourth line role where Lowry is able to be a real shutdown presence while still contributing at the other end of the ice, I, I don't mind this as much. Also, I would kind of think that the goalies could benefit here a lot. Um, you know, Hellebuck and Riddick are, are both in varying degrees uh, subject to a lot of shots, especially Hellebuck. He's faced a ton. I think if his defense uh, in front of him is significantly improved, maybe we'll start to see some of those Bezina numbers finally reflected in the actual box numbers, right? Because he's been a monster for years, but last year, of course, his counting stats didn't really look as good, even though, quite honestly, he was saving around as many goals above expectation as he was during some of his prime Vesna seasons. And, uh, you know, you don't really want to look at the raw save percentage and stuff because I, I think it sort of masked just how much work placement wins above all that stuff. I mean, Hellebuck is still who he is and uh, still clearly one of the top goalies in the league. And so for the Jets, I, I think Bonus was a really nice addition. I think his uh, more defensively responsible approach is going to help the goaltending, and especially Riddick, who frankly needs uh, a little bit more help, I would say. I, I don't know what Riddick's doing in the offseason with Winnipeg's goalie instructional staff. Maybe he'll fix some of his mechanics, but you know, the past couple of stints he's had, he didn't really look um, super reliable, but I said the same about, about Comrie, and look what happened with Comrie. He ended up looking like a really nice backup, and he's getting paid some pretty decent money by the Buffalo Sabres. So maybe Riddick is ready for the same transition and transformational part of his game. But either way, I think that that more you know defensively responsible commitment will be uh, a boon to the goalies. Now, for all of the positives that I think Bonus can bring to this back end and to a lot of the players, even some of the forwards, I do think there are some players who might take a bit of a step back. And we'll talk about which of these guys might not necessarily mesh with Bonus's style in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are uh, talking about, of course, Rick Bonus and some of the changes that he's going to institute 
and mainly focusing on which players might take a step forward and which players might be kind of left struggling a little bit under the new coaching staff. And I think um, in terms of guys who are going to struggle, Pionk might be one of the biggest strugglers. Uh, I, I love Neil, but obviously last season was really rough. And aside from one good year in that Northern division, uh, it's been a bit of a strange, you know, like career pathway for him. Um, with the Rangers, he didn't really get a lot of support. And so his game had a lot of gaps in it. Uh, since arriving to Winnipeg, he's had a little bit more, um, I would say, chaotic conditions to work with. The man-zone hybrid scheme does not work for him at all. I think that's way too complicated. And so I kind of want to see what he does with bonus. Bonus might be able to simplify some of his reads and help him uh, transition the puck a lot faster. But, you know, because of his chaotic decision-making at times and, you know, a, a few missed reads in here that often put him in really dangerous positions... I don't know if Neil is going to thrive. I think Pionk is going to need a more up-tempo system to sort of mask uh, any of those defensive deficiencies. I think if he's keeping the puck moving up and down the ice, that is where the strength of his game is going to lie. But defensively, I don't think Bonus can solve some of those issues that have persisted throughout his career. I'd also kind of wonder about Ehlers, right? Ehlers is somebody who is... Um, naturally one of our most gifted creators and certainly somebody who skates up and down the ice, you know, like the wind. But if bonus is more focused on shutting down the neutral zone and clogging up space, especially with the lead, I kind of wonder if Ehlers' numbers are going to start to take a bit of a hit. Not because Ehlers is a bad player necessarily or can't adapt, but I do think with the way that bonus kind of approaches the game, I don't know that Nick is going to find as much success. I think he'll still be one of our key offensive contributors and cogs in this team, but I kind of feel like, you know, with Bonus wanting to be more defensively responsible, it might take away a little bit from some of what makes Ehlers so dangerous. But I don't want to say that, you know, too prematurely, just something I kind of want to keep an eye on and see how Bonus um, either expands the use of players like Ehlers or maybe kind of draws them back in a little bit and asks them to do some stuff that maybe isn't really suited toward their, towards their skill set. Now, one other player that I kind of wonder about um, is is Blake Wheeler. And Wheeler, I don't know uh, where I see his game going at this point because it's clear that he's still a really gifted passer and creator, whether it's at even strength or on the power play. There are roles for him where I think he can honestly shine. But as it is right now, be, being in that top six is not, uh, I, I think, the best way to go about that. Uh, I would love for him to maybe move into a more third line role, but I think that that would require a lot more buy-in than we've seen with him. Uh, and like, I, I get it. Like I've said in previous podcasts, I don't really blame Blake for wanting to have a prominent role. He is the captain. He wants to be the breadwinner for this team. But, you know, reality is at his age, he's just not keeping up the same way that he used to. And so bonus has something, you know, a really difficult decision to make. And I think, Coming in maybe as a bit of an outsider to this locker room, maybe that is the best you know option here is to kind of shake things up at the start, uh, put some guys in uncomfortable positions, and then let them fight for their way back to the top. Or maybe this new role suits them perfectly, and you know it ends up paying off, and uh, bonus kind of reaps the benefits of players who maybe understand their 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 roles a little bit better and what might benefit the team the most. It is a lot to ask your captain to take a demotion. Now, honestly, I, I'm 
kind of wondering if he's even going to be named captain this captain this year. I can't imagine that that would be taken from him. But, you know, with how the, the situation between the Jets and Wheeler was last year and the rumored locker room toxicity, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks that I have with this team, you know, whether it's roster construction down to um, what exactly the long-term vision is. But even just in the present, I mean, I still have some concerns about the room, the tactical style, all that stuff. But uh, we're not going to know until, you know, the season rolls around here in just a few weeks. But we are rapidly coming up on that. And uh, I'm not necessarily excited. Uh, I'm not necessarily excited for the season. But, um, well, let's just see what happens and hope for the best. I think that's how I've had to approach the past uh, couple of years of Jets hockey uh, especially without a clear path forward. But let's hope for the best. Let's uh, root for the Jets and hope that they can show us something fun and special, and maybe they make me look like an idiot and prove me wrong once again. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Uh, again, thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. I think I might do some like uh, fan polls this week and see you know, how folks are feeling about the offseason, make that some of the central focus for the next couple of episodes. But again, for tonight's episode, that is all the time that we have. While you're here, I just wanted to have you make sure that you make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Our experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything happening in the world of hockey right at your fingertips, and it's free to subscribe as always. Thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day. Have a great night, and go Jets go.